we need to take ownership over it and we need to desensitize society because right now, you know, I can go over to other countries and I'll never see another amputee out. I'll especially never see another woman amputee out and about. And it's not because that they're not able. It's more so it's just, again, taboo to even be disabled and going out in public. And it's just time that we take ownership over it. Um, I feel like once we can own our differences, everybody else will view them entirely differently. Welcome to the Sick Mom's Guy podcast. If my mom can do it, you can too. Hi, I'm your host, Jen Hardy. I am the mom of seven children, ages 7 to 29, and a collector of eclectic diseases. I have started this podcast to give a voice to moms with chronic illness, but my guest today is a little bit different. I am talking with her because she truly inspired me. I know that we say that in a trite way a lot of times, but Kirsty Innes is an amazing woman. She joined the Marines when she was only 17 years old. She was a gunner on a helicopter when it was shot down and suffered many injuries because of that. She's had over 40 surgeries and now has an above the knee amputation and a prosthetic leg. And Let me tell you something. This woman has done more with her prosthetic leg than most of us will ever do in 10 lifetimes. And that's why she's here today. She's not here painting a rosy picture of how perfect everything is. She's getting down and getting real with us and talking about it, and especially talking about our perception of beauty and how we see ourselves and how other people see us because we need to start having these conversations. So without further ado, here she is. Hey, Kirsty, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I was so excited when I ran across one of your stories. And then I talked to my husband about you, about interviewing you. And he, as a veteran, was very excited about having me have the opportunity to talk to you. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. One of the things that I really wanted to hit first is what difference have you noticed between being a kick able-bodied woman and a kick disabled woman, which, I mean, I wouldn't even want to classify you as disabled, but technically, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, no, I, I guess one of the, like, the, the biggest obstacles that I really had to, well, to, to breach and then eventually get over um, was the fact that I'm different now. But, but what makes all of this beautiful is figuring out how to own it. Um, you know, there's no definition of what beautiful is or what able is. And in figuring out, you know, what those words mean to you and figuring out, you know, the process by which you're going to go to accomplish them, I think that's a pretty powerful thing. Um, you know, we all write our own chapters to our books. And, you know, the chapter of me being a Marine and the chapter of me being normal or able bodies, it's closed. But guess what? I get to write every single one after it. I've said it time and time again, but one of the mantras that I live by is, you know, we control our circumstances. Uh, They don't control us. And once you recognize that, um, you know, it's endless possibility. That is so awesome. I feel like every young woman needs to hear that no matter what's happening with their body, you know, because, because I feel like every woman, especially in our society, they have a perceived problem everyone with their body, right? Whether it's, you know, I'm too fat, or I'm too skinny, or my belly or my, you know, like, they all have this thing that holds them down so much more than it ever should. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're our own worst critics. And, and I think once we can get over, you know, picking ourselves apart and actually loving ourselves for who we are and what we are, um, you know, you actually make it easier for other people to love you too. Yeah, that is, that is, it's words that I need to be hearing right now, actually. Um, and to pull on something that you had said in a previous interview, you said it's taboo to be attractive if you're in a wheelchair or have a prosthetic or if you're disabled. And I definitely have experienced that. And how are you getting through that? And because my goal is that we open up and we share what this is like. Now, if you have a chronic illness or you have a physical disability or whatever it is, because so many more people have these problems than people realize that once, if we all start talking about it, then it all becomes normal. And then we can all feel beautiful in our differences. Right? Yeah, no, I am. Um... You know, when I was in the hospital, I didn't have that role model. It was mainly because nobody was talking about it. You know, I didn't know any amputees. I didn't know, especially didn't know any female amputees or people in wheelchairs or any of that. Um, And so that's what I've really been trying, trying to be for other people. Um, It was a process. I'd be lying if I said it just, I woke up one day and said, you know what? I'm going to love the, I'm going to love this prosthetic. Um, It didn't happen that way. It took some time. But, you know, my reality is it's not growing back. I mean, maybe in, you know, 2080 or something like that, maybe somebody will come up with something. Um, but, you know, I just learned to, to look at it. And, you know, there's, gum, there's going to be someone down the road that looks at it and they find it just a part of me. Um, it's, it's just who Kirstie is. You know, the injury doesn't define me, but this is absolutely a part of me. And it's the tool for me to live the rest of my life. Um, but you know, everybody asks me about like, oh, the ESPN cover or any of the other, you know, maybe a little more risque photo shoots that I've done. And really it was just as much for me as it was for anybody else. Um, you know, I needed to see myself as somebody that could still be sexy or still be attractive. Um, and now that I've basically desensitized myself to it, um, and the fact that I hate the term, but you know, it is what it is. Now I want to show other people that they can do it for themselves too. A lot of people don't look at my prosthetic, you know, any differently. It's, it's just there. And I, and actually the more that I've talked to other people, you know, the more they say that about their wheelchair too. Um, and I don't know, I, I hope that over time we figure out how to redefine the word beautiful or sexy or, you know, pretty. The definitions that we have right now are so restricted. We need to revamp everybody's visions, I guess. <laughs> One of my biggest pet peeves is when I'm out and about, you know, say in Target, and a parent gets onto their child for staring at me or, you know, like coming up to me and apologizing for maybe their child asking me a question. And in my world, I'd rather somebody come up to me and open their mouth and ask me the questions if I stare at me and come up with their own, you know, own perspectives of what I'm dealing with or what happened. And I think... um, like for the person that's going out, it might be a little more uncomfortable, uh, maybe not as open about what's going on. I think people need to realize that the more we talk about it, you know, the more we process it in a different way too. Because a lot of the times the questions that people are asking, your answers come out of your mouth and you just rewire your brain as to how you're thinking about it. You know, I, I love when, you know, little kids come up to me and they say robot leg or transformer, or, you know, all sorts of things. And we need to take ownership over it and we need to desensitize society because right now, you know, I can go over to other countries and I'll never see another amputee out. I'll especially never see another woman amputee out and about. And 
it's not because that they're not able. It's more so it's just, again, taboo to even be disabled and going out in public. And it's just time that we take ownership over it. Um, I feel like once we can own our differences, everybody else will view them entirely differently. I agree. Yeah, I agree. That's and sometimes it's just once you get once you get to that point where you're like, hey, this is who I am and this is I'm willing to do this. And I love that you had said too that you are doing more now than you ever imagined that you'd do because of what's happened. And I think that's such an important lesson for people is to say, okay, yes, I have this thing, right? Um, and I and I've, I'm kind of going through that too right now. But my thing is that I can't breathe and do things. So if I go out, if I were to try to like walk around the block, then I would be home for three days, not breathing. And so, you know, finding the thing that we can do that puts us out there and keeps us going and keeps us pushing. So for me, it's this podcast because I can sit here and I can talk to people and, you know, share stories like yours with everybody so that they, the other people that are just like me can say, Hey, you know what? I don't have to sit in my house. Exactly. Well, and I think too, what, what changed, I mean, there might not be like a direct parallel, but like what changed the way that I looked at myself and the way that I looked at this disability, if you will, of mine was I went out and I tried something new. And for example, specifically mine was snowboarding and I went out and I snowboarded and it changed everything. You know, originally being from Florida, knew nothing about snow, knew nothing about mountains, but trying something new gave me confidence that I could go out and do anything. And the next thing you know, I was wearing a dress because you know what? Nobody can take that away from me. You know, no one can take those experiences and the things that you deserve out of life away from you. You know, if someone says something negative or snickers behind your back or whatever, that's their problem. You know, it's not yours. Don't, I, I can't stress it enough. Don't take it personally. You know, um, if there's something, saying something negative about you they have a problem with their themselves internally. And, and I even had to get over that, you know, it, it took me, I mean, it took me a couple of years to be able to think the way that I do. So for anybody else out there, you know, listening or, you know, dealing with, you know, overcoming some sort of adversity, trust the process. Um, don't get discouraged, but it, I mean, I promise it'll all make sense at some point and, and you'll be able to look at yourself and say, you know what, this is me. This is me now and take it or leave it. So that leads me to another question. Okay. Cause I know people see you, you've been on the today show and on these magazine covers and I mean, you've done so many things. I couldn't even believe it when I was looking at it. So, so that, I think that leads people to believe though, when, you know, you go on there and you're with all these other famous people and they're like, Oh, you know, they're accepting and they're doing all this stuff. And so people assume that no one is snickering at you or no one is saying something to you. So have you had experience with that too? Oh yeah. I mean, I get, I get picked apart on social media all the time. Don't get me wrong. I get plenty of people that, you know, want to love and support and, you know, you know, raise me up to continue reaching my goals and my dreams, but I get nasty messages. I, uh, you know, I've been called part of my language, but you know, ugly robot um, on Instagram. And you, you know, me and my dad read that comment and we laughed. And then, you know, I turned around and made a post about it and you said, you know what? Love always robot. And I owned it. And you know what? People ended up turning around and loving the fact that I owned it. And you can call me an ugly robot all you want, but I know I'm not. <laughs> but um, so it's just one of those things where let it roll off your back. Cause there, I mean, there are, there are just mean people out there, 
but it's something that they have going on with themselves. And if you know yourself and you love yourself, then that's all that matters. Um, it really is. I, even the days that people are rude or disrespectful, put down the phone, get away from the screen and go out and do something that you love. Go hang out with people that love you. And, you know, anybody can hide behind a keyboard or anybody can hide behind a screen. Um, but the people that you spend your time with and you invest your energy in, you know, you are loved and you are cared about regardless of what a stranger says. Everything that you're saying could just be like this quote on the wall. You know, that it's, it's so amazing. <laughs> I love it. It's, I'm just so thankful. Thank you so much for coming and talking. This is, no, absolutely. Oh my gosh. It's so great. Cause, cause these are the questions, you know, the things I think about, like when you're talking to somebody, right. And you're on TV and I'm watching you and I'm like, but, but is it always perfect? You know, cause, cause they make it look like it's always perfect. And, and it's good to know that not, not that it's good to know that bad things are happening to you. Not, that's not what I mean, but do you, do you, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> just that. I don't know, because people have this assumption. If they see somebody on TV, then from now on, everything in their whole life is absolutely perfect. And they've never gonna, they're never going to struggle again. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, well, you know, social media and even, you know, media outlets, they can be such a, such a tool, but they can also be, you know, somewhat of a curse. It's easy for us to compare our lives to the perfect captions and snapshots on social media. But no, the reality is, is there are mornings I wake up and I don't want to put my leg on. I don't, you know, I'm in pain or I look at the scars on my face and it's a constant reminder of what I've been through or maybe, you know, looking at old pictures, I, you know, I see my two legs or I see, you know, a body that's not banged up and I had my own teeth and um, it's easy to compare yourself to what you were or maybe where you've been or to other people on the internet, but instead focus on what you have and who you are and where you want to be. Um, I can't stress that enough. Like, always look forward easier said than done I know but I look forward to the things that you know that I'll be doing in 10 years from now or maybe the way that you know I'm going to look different in 10 years and they can't wait I can't wait to find my first gray hair right? you know <laughs> um, because it's going to be such just it's milestones in life you know and, and everybody goes through it I hate to say it but you know I'm not special because I have one leg. There's how many other people out there that are amputees? You know, we're not special. You know, this is life. We are living it. Um, and, and you have the power to make it what it is. And speaking of having the power to make it what it is, you have turned this into something great by creating a foundation. Yeah. I, uh, a bit? Yeah. Um, you know, I joined the Marine Corps to, to serve people. And it took me a while <laughs> to figure out that, you know, I still could serve or live my life um, for other people. And the reality is, is I wouldn't be where I am without people, friends, family, strangers um, supporting me. And I think it would be really selfish of me not to turn around and pay it forward. Um, so I created a foundation um, that, you know, where we financially support other deserving nonprofits, you know, the nonprofits that are out there that are doing what they say they're doing and making that difference in society. But then we're also providing education opportunity and healing in the outdoors. Um, and to me, it's one of those things where there's no, you know, no, no paycheck out there that's worth more than, a you know, someone's smile. Um, and that's why me and my team do it. You know, no one, it's a hundred percent volunteer based and, um, we just do it to take care of other people, um, to see other people smile. Well, that's great. So what kind of things do you do with them? 
Um, a lot of it, um, as of late, it has been just fulfilling grants. So writing checks to those nonprofits, but then we also will be holding clinics throughout the year for disabled, veteran populations, you know, kids. And eventually, God willing, we continue to grow. Uh, we will be doing individual scholarships for um, underserved communities. Well, that sounds great. Okay, so what's the name of your foundation? It's the Kirst Yenis Foundation. Okay, Real well, that's easy to read. okay. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Okay. And then the one other thing before you go, I wanted to talk about is um, one of the things you had said in a, di- in a different interview was the most debilitating inter- injuries have been the invisible injuries. And that's a constant battle. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know a lot of people, whether it's your injury or it might be a chronic illness, like what I'm dealing through, you know, whatever we're dealing with, a lot of times that does go hand in hand with anxiety or depression or other things. And then you throw in being in a war zone and that is a recipe for, for something to deal with a little bit. So, um, you know, getting my head in my heart in the right place was, a hell of a struggle. Um, people look at me all the time and they think, Oh God, you know, she has missing legs. She broke her back. You know, they, they focus on the things that they can see. Um, but the reality is if I didn't have my head in the right place or I gave up fighting, you know, my physical injuries wouldn't even matter. Um, and the reason that I've excelled is because I, I figured out that I was living my life for other people. I figured out what my new purpose was going to be. And um, yeah, I mean, the traumatic brain injury and then obviously the emotional side of things with dealing with post-traumatic stress and the symptoms of it, um, you know, it was a rough go. I, I was, I was lost. And on the one year anniversary of me getting hurt, um, I gave up altogether. And luckily I ended up waking up um, and my dad's the one that kind of gave me the tough love. And I realized that it wasn't about me anymore. Uh, basically that, that, you know, I had to find a reason to keep fighting um, regardless of the injuries or the illness that, that is given to you. Um, you can make it what it is. And I know that sounds maybe harsh or, or vague, but you know, whether you're dealing with, cancer or a car crash or even losing a loved one. You know, these are all things that give you pain and we all process them differently and they all affect us differently. But if you can remind yourself that there's so much more out there. And like I said, keep looking ahead. We all have a future and we can write that future. And I think it's, I think it's super easy to lose sight of that. Um, I wanted to give up and I wanted to throw in the towel so many times, but when I realized how many other people that that would affect, and if I stopped fighting or if I stopped pushing, that there were a lot of people looking to me or even just a lot of family members and loved ones that cared about me, that I mean, that I, that I could really be putting, that I could really be putting a negative effect on them too. Um, I think all too often we think that our life is meant to be lived the way we want it to be lived. And don't get me wrong. I'm all about that. Go out and do what you want and live a happy life. But we also have to, to be a little selfless sometimes and look around and look at, look and find the people who are watching us. You know, there's a kid watching you. There's a, you know, a senior watching you. There's a stranger watching you and how you react can impact their day too. Um, Like watching how you overcome something can inspire the next person. And I think 
I mean, that's what got me through it. You know, I, I, I made the decision to look around and say, you know what, so-and-so is watching me and I have the power to encourage them or inspire or motivate them um, to keep fighting. It's kind of a long-winded answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's a great answer though. And, and, and I think it's true. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize when they're, when they're feeling really depressed and really down and they're contemplating suicide, they don't think what's going to happen to their kids when they wake up the next day. You know, when their kids wake up the next day, or what's going to happen? Um, as I was saying, we just lost a fellow vet last month to that, and uh, and it's just it's it takes a lot when you're in that pit to be able to see other people. Mm-hmm. But it's a good lesson that it's very important because you're right. The people you leave behind now, so many more lives are in pain. So I am thank you for sharing that, and I I'm glad you did it the way you did because now. Everyone can hear. It's really important. It's really important. So, wow. well, I don't want to end on that. So we have to talk about something else first. Because <laughs> that's just, a good note. we got to we got to end on a good note. Yeah, because that's pretty deep. But it's but it's so true. So let's talk about some things you're going to do in the future. Let's talk about some positive things you got coming up. How's that? Yeah. No. Some, okay. <laughs> okay. So, what kind of exciting things are you doing in the near future? Uh, well, so after I started doing snowboarding, I was obviously introduced to the mountains um, and I decided that I wanted something more out of the mountains, not just competing in snowboarding. Um, and I decided that I was going to start mountaineering and I didn't, I never wanted to be climbing the biggest mountains in the world as a, you know, I am cursed to hear me roar type thing. I, I wanted to use it as a platform to inspire other people um, to overcome whatever, you know, physical or, you know, invisible, invisible injury that you're dealing with. And, um, I decided that I was going to put charities behind each one or dedicate each client to a charity. And from then, from March, 2017, when I did my first one, um, Kilimanjaro, we raised $150,000 for clean water for the East Tanzanians. And once that happened, it was like wildfire. Um, I have done back to back expeditions, um, yeah, since then. And um, I just came off of the highest point in North America, um, better known as Denali in June. And September was over in Russia, climbing the highest point in Europe. And um, in January, I will be taking myself and another combat um, army veteran out to Argentina to climb the highest point in South America called Aconcagua to support um, a, a nonprofit called Merging Vets and Players. And um, come home, have a little bit of a break. And then I'll be going to Everest in April and May to God willing, be the first female above knee amputee uh, to climb and summit Everest and another God willing, um, be the first amputee to ever snowboard it. Wow. Okay. That's pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. I'm a little ambitious. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. I know. I know I can't even walk up a hill. So I'm so, <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy that you get to do stuff like that. That is so awesome. Well, that's great. Well, if people wanted to contact you or your help your foundation, how could they do that? Yeah. I mean, the best way is to track us down on social media. Um, my Instagram is just my name, Kirsty underscore Ennis, Facebook, just my name. And then the same thing for Instagram and Facebook, uh, Kirsty Ennis foundation. Okay. That's great. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate you taking the time to join me here today and inspire everybody. I appreciate you having me on. Was she amazing or what? 
Kirsty, thank you so much for coming on the show. And for you listening, I highly recommend you looking up Kirsty online, check out some of the things she's done. And you, like I said in the beginning, you just can't help but be inspired by her story. I love how honest she is. And I love the fact that she is out there exposing what she's going through, showing other women that this is okay. We can be different and we are still beautiful and we are still who we're meant to be. And we can still write our own chapters and move our story forward. It doesn't have to stop just because a change was thrown at us that we weren't expecting. Because honestly, things happen to us that we weren't expecting all the time, don't they? So thank you again for joining me this week. My music is A New Day by Scott Holmes. And this episode is sponsored by the book, The Sick Mom's Guide to Having Fun Again. If I can do it, you can too. Joining us next week will be Air Force veteran Amanda Huffman. I look forward to talking to you then. 